Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. How are you today? Today, I'm excited because today is my birthday. And there's no better way I can think of than to celebrate it with my birthday partner, my youngest daughter, Maya. She's going to be here with us on most of the episode today. And we're just going to reminisce and have some fun and talk about birthdays. It's so important that we all learn how to be able to celebrate ourselves. It's hard. You know, it's really tough to... Uh, you know, just celebrate yourself. Uh, Kathy and I were actually talking about it earlier. The The thing is, you know, it's really easy to be a giving spirit. You know, and I mean that in a good way. I don't mean it in any way bad. But to also then turn around and use that as an excuse to not take good care of yourself. To be so busy doing nice things for other people that you forget that you also need to do nice things for yourself. Um, you know, you've all heard the phrase, self-care isn't selfish, and that's true. But, you know, sometimes self-care also isn't easy. Sometimes doing things like, oh, something easy, you know, like bathing regularly, making sure that you take good uh, care of your physical body, going to the dentist, things like that. Those are things that are self-care that aren't as much fun as, you know, having cake and ice cream or going and having a spa day and having somebody pamper and massage you all day. Um, you know, both of those are examples of self-care, not necessarily the same kind of, uh, uh, you know, what would be the word, the, you know, give back to yourself, or at least not the feeling from it. And yet sometimes those things that we need to do for ourselves, uh, that are not on the quote unquote fun list. They're really the things that are the things that have the biggest payoff, taking care of our physical body so that it can in turn take care of us and carry us through to the highs and the lows, the good and the bads in our life. It's really important that we that we do that. And then secondarily, you know, it's important to celebrate you. It's important for you to take the day or maybe even the whole month of your birthday and really focus on yourself, on how powerful, how impactful, how successful, how good you are to, to brag a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, I've said it before. It's been a little while, but I've said it many times on the show. The definition of humility, true humility is actually a right perspective of yourself. It is actually a form of conceit to be, um, you know, self-deprecating. Um, it, it actually is in the same kind of like um, obesity and um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, people who don't eat anorexia. Um, you know, kind of like they're on the same uh, kind of thing. Um, you know, the same is true with 
uh, conceit and with being self-defacing. It really is one of those kind of things that is not really being truly humble. I know a lot of us, um, especially if you were raised in the church, we tend to have that, um, you know, lowly Jesus, meek and mild, um, you know, Jesus let people walk all over him kind of view of humility. But it's not really true. It's not really real. That's that's not being humble. Um, to brag about things that you do, um, especially to exaggerate things that you've done to gain the attention of others um, is not being truly humble, but to simply be able to state clearly and succinctly, you know, I did a really good job at that. That's actually part of humility. Um, you know, real humility is having a right perspective of yourself, understanding that there are things that you do good, there are things that you're okay at, and there are some things that, you know, just are not your area of expertise. And that's okay. That is every single person on the whole planet. No matter how amazing they are, no matter, you know, whether you're talking about Oprah Winfrey or you're talking about, uh, you know, Katie who lives next door that you've never met. Um, which, how do we know her name's Katie then, right? <laughs> um, you know, seriously though, it doesn't matter the level that a person's at, they have things that they're good at, things that they can do but they aren't necessarily good at, and then just things that they just struggle with that they're not good at, they aren't their talents. And that's every single one of us. So I encourage you, as I celebrate my birthday and uh, talk with my birthday partner, I encourage you to really take today to celebrate you, celebrate you know, and here's the cool part about it. So, you know, today's January 1st, 2019. Um, if you're listening on a replay and it's not actually the live day, then that's okay. We're actually talking today to you, January 1st, 2019, my 52nd birthday. Maya's turning 20. She turned 20 today. It's so hard to believe that that little tiny girl that, you know, that we've had in our lives for so many years is now 20. She's no longer a teenager. She's all grown up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and when I say that I'm 52, it's it's kind of mind-boggling, actually, because I don't feel 52. I mean, some days I, I'm worn out like I'm 52. Don't get me wrong. But as far as the passage of time goes, I don't feel like 52 years have gone by. Seems like uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of that has to do with that viewpoint that we have of 50-year-olds when we're like 10. <laughs> you know, somebody that's 50 when you're 10 just seems so old. Remember how old your grandparents were? Um, and now as we get older and we start hitting those milestones, it's like, wow, I'm as old as, you know, and then you, you talk about times with your with your parents or even your grandparents um, you know, I am a grandparent now. I have, what do we have now? Five grandchildren, if I'm keeping track correctly. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Two and two and one, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, five, see, 52, I'm, I'm old. I gotta, you know, gotta do extra math and stuff in order to be able to figure out how many grandkids I got. <laughs> um, you know, but in reality, it's, it, the passage of time 
is surprising in a way and yet exciting at the same time. I feel invigorated. I feel a sense of awe and purpose, wonder and majesty now at 52 that I haven't felt in a really long time. Um, I'm going to take just a little bit here while I'm doing the intro to the show, and I'm going to talk a little bit about me, and that's okay. Um, you know, because like I said, all of us need to take time to celebrate ourselves. Um, and for some of you, you may not know who I am. I mean, I've done a couple other episodes where I've talked a little bit about myself, but just to give you a little insight into Steve. So as the intro always says, you know, I'm a third generation minister. My grandfather, my mother's dad was a pastor, very small churches in rural South Dakota, Montana, uh, you know, that area. And, um, my father still is a pastor. He's actually at a church, um, you know, still, even though he's uh, 79, he'll turn 80 in August of 2019. Um, you know, and I've worked in ministry a lot of my life. Most of my stuff has been more evangelism kind of things. I have had some staff positions at churches. Um, you know, and it's it's been interesting because... I was allowed as a young person, both a child as well as a young adult, to come in contact with some incredible people. And I didn't even know it. It was just, you know, they were just in my sphere. And um, later on, I, I realized how amazing it was. Dr. Joy, who wrote the foreword to my book, uh, Dr. Donald Joy, um, you know, the first time... I got to know him. I was in third grade. My parents had gone away to a conference um, or a marriage enrichment retreat or something like that. And um, I stayed at their house and um, had a really fun time with them. And Dr. Joy's been in my life ever since. And in fact, at one point when I was about 14 or 15, um, I asked my parents permission if uh, him and his wife, Robbie, could become my godparents um, in case something ever did happen to my parents, that that they would actually be the ones that would, you know, raise me through the rest of high school. An amazing person, you know. And and then when you grow up and you learn that, you know, Dr. Joy has 40-plus books, thousands of articles. He was on uh, President Reagan's, uh, one of his commissions for, uh, parent, uh, for families and, and things like that. Um, you know, and like I said, I just knew him as as uh, Dr. Joy, you know, he was just my friend, my mentor. Um, he's still that person that I can send an email to and and uh, he will give me great salient advice. And, and I remember there was a time when I was 18 that I was standing in a prayer circle with Carmen. Some of you may remember the Christian singer Carmen uh, back before Carmen's career really blew up, you know, and he was selling out the Silver Dome and 50,000 seat auditoriums. Uh, this was a small venue, probably 100 people total, and there were four or five of us standing in a prayer circle just praying and, uh, you know, and really being heart and soul ready for the concert that night. Um, and, and then the list goes on. You know, Jimmy Johnson, who was, I believe, the first youth minister at um, uh, John Maxwell's church, um, you know, some of you are members of the John Maxwell team, and and uh, Jimmy worked with him for a few years. 
uh, you know, he was just a friend of my dad's that uh, when I was a freshman in college, uh, the chaplain for my wing in the dorm, I asked Jimmy to, if he would come to my room and, you know, give devotions. And, uh, and he did that, you know. And my Uncle Jim and Aunt Rox, they're amazing people. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time at their house during some of the darker days of life, um, you know, as a, as a teenager. And, um, you know, doctor, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Uncle Jim has been, and he is Dr. Lowe, by the way, um, Uncle Jim has been all over the country, all over the world as, as a missionary. And, and Aunt Rox is a, is a pretty major contributor in the Wesleyan Church to a lot of things. Um, you know, but they were just my aunt and uncle. And I realized not that long ago that by the time I was 18, I was ready. I was ready to take on the world, as all 18-year-olds are. But I was also really empowered in what we now call self-development. Um, I really had some skills, and uh, I didn't even know I had them. I took them for granted. It's been a lot of years that I've espoused a lot of things, said a lot of things, uh, just matter-of-factly because they were ingrained in me. I was that kid that, um, unlike the typical stereotype for a pastor's kid, I was really deeply into wanting to have a relationship with Jesus and really wanting to uh, learn and grow and become the best version of myself. So... I learned very early on um, the dynamic of the power in uh, being in self-care, being in self-development. And, um, you know, there were some dark years in there and, and a divorce and some time alone as a single parent and, and a lot of stuff that, that rocked my world. But I'm excited to be able to say that now, on my 52nd birthday, I feel more empowered, more ready to really make a difference in the world, to make a difference in my own life. And I hope that by doing that, it'll help make a difference in your life too. I'm excited to be able to, to share the rest of this show with my sweet little Maya, who's 20 today, my birthday partner, as we just talk to you about our lives and share some stories from, from our times and our memories. And we help you learn how to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. 
All right, one of my best guests ever, my birthday partner, the one, the only, Maya Janae. Hi, Maya, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm looking forward to our birthday. How about you? I am too. I'm very excited. Yeah, we've come so long in this last couple of years. So um, let's just introduce people. If there's somebody that's been living under a rock and they don't know who you are, tell everybody who you are and what you do in this world. Who I am and what I do in this world. My name is Maya Janae. I am obviously Steve's daughter. Um, I do social media management and uh, marketing type um, things. <laughs> See, I told you I was going to sound dumb. That's all right. All I do social media management. All right. And so about two years ago, almost exactly two years ago now, um, we arrived here in Southern California and it's been one heck of a ride. Um, tell people, uh, you know, start all the way back to you turned 18 and I turned 50. Yeah. January 1st, 19, uh, I'm sorry, 19. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> it sounds stupid. 20, 2016. We <laughs> oh yeah, I got uh, that wrong. It was 2016. Yeah, you know, and uh, so tell everybody about what it was like uh, being in California to turn 18. Uh, being in California turning 18 was really fun. This was exactly the time we moved here. We got here a little bit before this. And for my birthday, I got to spend the day in Beverly Hills and do a bunch of shopping I've never done before out there. So that was a pretty big first California birthday. Yeah. I think I've spent every birthday in LA so far that I've been here. I think tomorrow's going to be the first time I end up not doing that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then um, some chaos ensued during the year of uh, 2017. Um, actually just before 2017 started off. So right before so, 2018, 2018, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So, um, 2017, what did you do on your birthday on 2017 then? Uh, birthday 2017, I was in the hospital for that one. So that's how I was in LA for my birthday that year. I was in the hospital in LA, but I had a pretty good view. So wouldn't you have been in the hospital on 2018? Yeah, I think I was 2017. I went to Beverly Hills. Okay. All right. We'll get it figured out. So <laughs> for people who haven't heard about your journey, um, you know, you've said it from stage a couple of different times and stuff, but tell us about what you went through during the course of, you know, last year, basically. Um, the things I went through last year definitely made me stronger as a person. Uh, I was, it was November, I was diagnosed with AML, and I spent the next six months fighting in the hospital after that. And it taught me a lot of things. I, I think, I like to say it chronologically aged me quite a bit. And it also aged me in a lot of wisdom and a lot of, um, a lot of things I feel like I had to learn really fast. A lot of things I didn't think I had a choice to learn to be, you know, really strong and really, you know, have to take a lot. I think I've always thought of myself as kind of a crybaby. So to have gone through a lot of that and to have not cried at every little thing and to have just powered through it definitely taught me that you know, you can always be stronger than you think you are. Well, you're a champion. And Thank you. We were proud of all that you did. Um, so, yeah, last year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and your birthday, you spent every single one of those in, in the hospital. Yep, Jelani's birthday, too, all of them. Yeah. Valentine's Day, too, just barely. <laughs> 
but we made it through. You know, we uh, put decorations up in your room for Christmas and yep. uh, had some fun on your birthday. Uh, and hopefully we have gone overboard to make up for it again this year yeah, this since you're not at the hospital. <laughs> this year's been entirely different. This year's, I'm almost overwhelmed by the holidays and ready for them to be done now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in the meantime, you come out of the hospital and um, you've really embraced the social media that you've always been good at, but you've kind of just done for fun. Yeah. Um, so what do you do for people? How do you help them with social media? I help people with social media. I help people run their social media. I help people with their strategies for strategies for social media. <laughs> I help people um, get really clear on what their branding is and keep to a really good color scheme and keep organized on social media and help them build their presence. What is probably the biggest mistake that you find that people are making with their social media before you start helping them out? Not posting enough is usually the problem. People think that they need to only post like once a week or, you know, every once in a while when something comes up. But the truth is that you need, especially if you're a brand or a business, you have to keep your feed really, really active. You have to keep to, you know, a lot of interaction. Otherwise, your following is going to get bored. So you have to be interacting on your story and in your DMs and you need to be posting photos on your feed, whether they be pre-planned and pre-scheduled, which is where I come in and help with a lot because a lot of people don't have time for that. So the biggest mistake is lack of interaction. So is it just a bunch of cat videos or what kind of things do you help people put? <laughs> well, it really depends on their brand. But uh, recently what I've been doing is um, I've been helping with filler content. So just things that'll, that somewhat pertain to your brand and can entertain others. So a big one um, that I've learned that I'm really uh, – consistent on that I do for a client is I do holiday posts. So uh, posts that pertain to your brand. So for example, for Kathy's Instagram that I do for my mom, um, I do a mix of marketing tips and writing tips for her. I put together what she gives me. And then I also do what I kind of like to call filler content. It's good content that'll entertain your audience and it can be pre-planned very easily. So I like to plan the month of holidays um, just to keep things active. It's an interactive, you know, today is, you know, well, lately there's been a lot. Today is, you know, Christmas. What are you doing for Christmas? And I always like to pose it in a question um, pertaining to the holiday, whatever you can do to tie back to your original post and interact your audience and say, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what were you doing today? Interact with whatever you're, you know, talking about. That's, that's the biggest thing I do that, um, that I think sets people up for success. So which way do you think we should go with it? Should Mocha have her own Facebook following or should I start inserting more Mocha pictures into my social media? I think I'm starting to think maybe Mocha should get her own page because I was thinking for a while that maybe mom should start posting more pictures of Mocha on her Instagram or maybe you should. But I think, I think Mocha deserves stardom on her own, right? Well, I think I probably already have about... 3,000 pictures of her. So I think yeah, we you have enough to an active feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was part of why I was thinking maybe I should just put her on my, uh, you know, on my post because then I wouldn't have to think about what I need to post. True. I can pre-plan some mocha posts for you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> put her out and with her come at me bro t-shirt. <laughs> she has a lot of entertaining moments. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, 
um, let's let's reminisce a little bit. We've let's. had a lot of birthdays for people who didn't catch it. You know, Maya's my birthday partner. We're both uh, January first babies. Um, in fact, actually, Kathy and I met. Well, it was actually a tech support call, but then we became friends talking about how to make Maya's birthday special with it being just a week after Christmas, you know, and I have a New Year's birthday and I've been through that. And then Kathy and I got married and Maya came with us too. You know, she didn't make her live at home by herself. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, we've been birthday partners ever since. So let's think back. Do you remember, I don't know if I even remember, do you remember our first... Uh, our first birthday outing together? Oh, I don't. I think the, the first one I remember is probably when I was like eight. So it wasn't too far back. Which one do you remember? Um, I want to say you were about five, maybe six. It's the last time I remember us going to that McDonald's that had the play structure inside. Do you remember that one? I remember that one. I remember the year I couldn't do it anymore. I think that was the last year I'm remembering because I remember you were like, okay, this is probably the last year for you. Yeah. I remember like the first year that we went to that one. I think that's the first time I remember it. Yeah. Um, Was that one in Newburgh or was that? That one was in Newburgh. Yeah, that was when we lived in Newburgh. So, yeah, I remember a lot of those. We had a lot of fun. Um, It used to always be we went to McDonald's. Um, We've grown since then. I know we have we've gotten bougie, haven't we? Yeah, we have. You know, it's we're just too grown up for McDonald's now, right? <laughs> I um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think we've had a lot of really fun ones. There's been different kinds of things. I know there was one that we went on that I was on like a really weird diet. All I could have was like scrambled eggs off of the whole entire McDonald's menu. Do you remember that one? I think that was when we first moved here. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, because you and you and mom were following that uh, that diet. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really intense. It was and it lasted like a month too. Yeah, it was like a twenty-one day, day detox or yeah, something like that. One. I did not like that. And, uh, <laughs> well, no, that one, one, one became really fun because it transitioned into all the bacon you can eat diet. Oh um, right. Yeah, that that wasn't too bad, you know. I mean, unless you don't <laughs> like bacon, then <laughs> then you're up a brick. I do uh, remember that you'd have your container of bacon. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so um, I remember lots of presents from you, but honestly, the present I remember the most was a Christmas present. It wasn't a birthday present. Do you remember when you bought me the elephant? I was just going to ask if it was the elephant. Didn't he have like a little red hat or something? Yes, yeah. I totally remember that. No, he just had like a red sash on him. Yeah, it's I totally like remember. the literal definition of a white elephant gift. He was a white elephant. <laughs> Did you um, did you keep him? Yeah, I still have him. Um, cool. I haven't opened my box since we moved down here. I have a whole box that has my Tigger. You bought that one for me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my elephant and stuff that used to be the bling all over my desk. Um, now I have these two huge monitors, so there's no room for bling. <laughs> so, um, 2019. Um, you know, a lot of stuff's happened, some good stuff, some bad stuff, some stuff we'd like to forget, some things we want to always remember. And I know, of course, you've got a wedding coming up this year, so maybe it's not a fair question, but, um, what is, what is your goal for 2019? What is the the thing you really want to see happen in 2019? 
I think my goal for 2019 is just clarity all around. I mean, getting back into life after, you know, being hospitalized for a long time is already kind of hard. I realized I had the choice to either push really hard to go on disability and earn money that way and not do much. Or I also took a second to realize that, you know, I am now able-bodied. It might not seem like I should be, but I'm absolutely able-bodied and on no medicine and, you know, a lot healthier than I used to be. So I can actually work now more than I could before. So that's why I really picked up the social media work. And this year, I'd really like to receive clarity around how my work should grow and what kind of systems I need to put in place to be able to take on more clients and building my own, um, I always forget the word for it. It's, uh, oh, uh, I think it's like sole contractor, my own business as a contractor for social media management and things like that. So moving forward this year, I really want to get business clarity and, you know, also just figure out my first year of lifing in a marriage and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the wedding's coming up really quick and yet not really quick enough, huh? <laughs> we are ready. <laughs> yeah, well, someday we'll just talk mom into letting you just run over to, to Vegas and just get married. <laughs> right, I know. If I could talk mom into that today, I would be very happy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You should ask for that for your birthday instead of for the trip to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, absolutely. When was the last time you were in Portland? Um, two years ago, me and Jelani went when we first started dating. We went and stayed with Amber. And so this is going to be his first time going, and I'm going to show him, like, more of, like, the suburbs and, like, Tualatin and Tigard and stuff that he didn't get to see. He just got to see, like, southeast Portland and a little bit of downtown. So I'm going to show him, like, the beach that we grew up at and all kinds of stuff like that. So this time he gets to see the part of Portland that isn't all homeless camps. and Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I think he liked it, but he, he'll definitely get a better impression of how I grew up because I'm realizing that's how he thinks I grew up. And, of course, I did around all that, and I'm very familiar with Portland. It wasn't always the city I was in. So it's easiest to sum it up and say I'm from Portland, but I'm from a ton of areas around Portland. So it's all much easier <laughs> to say Portland, but I've lived, we've lived in a lot of different cities, so. I get to show them all that. I think we're going to stop in St. Helens too. I haven't been there in even longer. Yeah, you should take him down the alley. <laughs> yeah, he'll like that. I'd like to show him our old buildings. I wonder if anybody's in there now. I bet. At least the, um, the second building, not the first building. Because the first building, I hadn't seen it being used in a while. But I would really like to see that. I haven't seen it in a long time. You and I and Alex spent a lot of days sitting in that experienced Twilight building. I know. <laughs> uh, both with customers as well as not. Um, in fact, I think we had one birthday that you and I basically, you and I and Alex sat there and cuddled uh, the heater at the right. building. And we watched, what movie did we watch? Did we watch Mama Mia or something like that? Yeah, I think you did let me turn on some sort of, I think at that point it was like a J-Lo movie. Yeah, you let well, me watch some sort of romantic comedy. <laughs> good man. Yeah, so Maya and I will be back in just a couple of minutes after these commercial breaks talking more about our birthday. As birthday partners celebrate here on January 1st, 2019, our birthday, yeah! We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this, what would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm here with my birthday partner, Maya, and we're going to talk more about some of the stories and the times that we've had together as birthday partners throughout the years. All right, so um, let's reminisce a little bit more. Um, What was your favorite birthday? Do you have a favorite out of all of them? Hmm. I think, honestly, my favorite birthday was just the year that I think it was maybe freshman year, maybe the year after, but me, yeah, I think it was freshman year. Me and Cameron just went to the mall and I didn't use, like, I still wasn't, hadn't really been to the mall a lot because I didn't have like friends to go with and I wasn't really old enough to go by myself. So I got like a bunch of money that year and I was able to just go to the mall. And that was the first time I like really splurged at the mall. It was really, really fun. Yeah, that is cool. And then it became kind of a tradition. You went to the mall for like, three or four years in a row for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, that's probably what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> probably a little different. Well, I don't know. Are there going to be different stores you're going to shop at or will you still be going forever 21 Alta? No, basically um, those, yeah. I'm trying to go to a different mall. I think I, was, I wanted to go to the Escondido Mall instead of the one uh, here in Temecula because I've just seen it too many times. It's kind of small. So I'm looking forward to like expanding my horizons. <laughs> So we have had some really weird transitions over the years, not the least of which is, you know, you went from being an only child to being the youngest of six kids. Um, and then Emily immediately left. And so you still were the youngest of five kids. Yeah. Um, and then all the kids one by one left. And then you came back to being an only child. Um, what were those transitions like? Explain to people what it's like to, to go through all of that. Well, I think I adjust really easily because I always think of myself as an only child and I have to correct myself a lot of times because like when people ask me, I'll just tell them like, oh, I was an only child. And I'm like, oh, well, for most of my life, I actually wasn't, but (laughs) I feel like it sometimes. But that was, it wasn't like the hardest thing to go through as, you know, a kid growing up, especially blending the family. I was just excited. I remember that when I was like really, really little. And that was a fun transition. Um, The transition of all the kids leaving felt difficult but you know now that I'm an adult and have also transitioned out of the house you know I can't imagine having to leave a little sibling behind but it's just kind of inevitable it was difficult to be in the position of being the last sibling but I also had some pretty amazing perks that you know once everyone left was around the time that you know your guys's business really started taking off so I got to travel with you guys I got to you know reap all sorts of benefits (laughs) around the time I started going to high school so it, that that part was pretty easy once I, you know, had adjusted to being an only child. I was living pretty good. Um, and then after that, the I think the hardest transition I've personally been through is the transition 
with mom probably once I was in the hospital and having just moved out and then, you know, transitioning to having a relationship where I see her, you know, at my house and, you know, I go over to her house and having that transition to then being in the hospital and still needing help and still needing someone to take care of me and provide for me. I think that transition was the hardest one I've been through in general. And then having to go back to, okay, now I have to go live my own life and take care of myself again. And that one was definitely hard trying to figure out and navigate that because that's not a typical situation that most people would find themselves in. So there was really no guide how to navigate, you know, going from being a child to an adult to back to a child to back to an adult. It's definitely been a process, but I'm starting to feel, you know, a lot more comfortable and confident in it. It's hard jumping back into being an adult after you have, you know, in a way not had to be in a while. I, you know, didn't have to deal with the daily responsibilities of, I mean, even changing my bed, they changed my bed for me. So getting back into the, the swing of that has definitely been harder than I anticipated. What is probably the most shocking thing that people don't know about the time you spent in the hospital? Is there things that you went through that people don't know? Yeah, there definitely is because I definitely just now have started to like openly speak about it. Um, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's hard to say a lot of people don't know because I don't even know exactly what happened, but the uh, skin condition that I got is really hard to explain because it's like, it's not, you know, directly related to me having cancer, but it was like, it's, it's a disease that usually occurs upon, you know, the other disease. So it's very, very rare, really, really hard to diagnose. And, you know, it caused a lot of crazy things to happen with my body that I didn't talk about because it wasn't explainable. I still don't have an explanation. The doctors still don't know how it happened. I lost like all feeling in my legs and I was paralyzed from the legs, the waist down really. And I, you know, needed to, you know, be in a wheelchair and be carried around. And it was all kinds of really crazy stuff that I don't even think about a lot of times that I definitely didn't, you know, talk about. But I put together my YouTube video and uh, I talked a little bit about, you know, what sweet syndrome is. And I started posting a little bit on my Instagram story. I put it up on a highlight. Um, I was posting pictures of my cancer story. So I was um, posting pictures of what the skin condition looked like and, you know, how it felt and stuff like that. Because I think one of the main things I didn't post is that it attacked my face as well. And I didn't post that because it was really ugly. But at the same time, I'm really surprised I don't have any permanent scarring on my face from that. So yeah, I posted a couple pictures of it. And then now, I think I posted pictures of what it looks like now, because now I just have a bunch of bruises on my legs that are going to be there forever. So I just started talking more about it. But initially, no, I didn't speak about it. How does it feel when you, um, when you start trying to explain that stuff to people? It feels so normal to me now, because it's, you know, been my life for over a year now. So it's no longer like shocking or um, I went through uh, trauma therapy, so it's no longer like hard for me to talk about. That's why I started talking more openly is because I didn't, you know, it didn't bother me to talk about now. Um, so it definitely just feels very, you know, I think I know medical things better than most people now because I was there for so long. So I know how to change a line. They had me, um, one of the days they were really, really busy. So they had me help one of the nurses train her how to change the line. <laughs> so there was just a lot of stuff I picked up on while we were there. and. Um, so it's all very normal to me. Talking about it feels, you know, just like reflecting on a memory now. It actually feels kind of nice to think about it sometimes because it just reminds me of how, how really, really far I've made it already in under a year. I didn't ever expect that I would be able to, 
you know, bounce back the way I did or have a normal life again. But other than the, the anxiety I deal with, I have, you know, relatively a better life than I did before because I'm not feeling sick all the time. I've had like health issues for a long, long time. And now I'm like healthier than I've been in years. So it's definitely kind of surreal to think about. Sometimes I'll just be walking through the grocery store and I'll be like, oh, hey, I beat cancer. That's cool. And I just don't think about it. And at this point, no one would know it. You know, people, I had someone just compliment me on my hair the other day. And she said that she wants hers like mine and she cut hers too short by accident. And I said, you know, me too. Mine was really short, short at first too. And so we ended up talking about, you know, why my hair was lost and all that. And it was really, really interesting to like realize that she would have never known that. So sometimes it does surprise me. It catches me off guard when I think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I, I think it's shocking to me every time I see your hair because it's like, you know, and I see it at least once a week, sometimes more. Yeah. And it feels like even if it's only been two or three days, like it's grown a couple inches since the last time I saw you. Oh, yeah. Now that I just have it in a ponytail, I can keep really good. And, and now that I've dyed it, too, I can keep really good track of, you know, how much it's grown. <laughs> that was one of the reasons I, I um, dyed my hair was that way I could see. So I'm, I'm definitely enjoying watching it grow. It Actually, it's odd, but it makes me feel, like, really excited in the morning, like, to get up and see, like, how much my hair's grown. And it's given me, like, an odd purpose. <laughs> it's definitely not my purpose in life, but it's, it's pretty – cool to see how much it grows and I'm realizing that someday that feeling is going to be gone and I'm no longer going to be excited to watch it grow well roll the show while you've got it right so talking about exciting things you know you've been out for about nine months now um what is some of the exciting stuff you've gotten to do since uh you know since being footloose and fancy free and back to having to have to be an adult uh some of the fun stuff I've done well to be honest, the funnest thing I've done is just being able to like be free to do whatever because it's really difficult to be an adult and have to be like checked on all the time and have to have like, you know, people help you with everything. Even once I was feeling more able-bodied, like towards the end of treatment, it, I still needed so much help and they'd have to check on me every time I would go somewhere. So now just to be able to like be free to go get sushi whenever I want, which is something I wasn't allowed to have in treatment. I really like sushi. So that made me pretty sad. So just being like free to go wherever at any time of the day, like me and Jelani love to just like go out at like midnight and go to in and out. Like it's just stuff I wouldn't be able to do. So that's like my general favorite thing and my bed. <laughs> but my next favorite thing would definitely be going to Hawaii. We got an all paid for trip to Hawaii from a friend. So, and, and my mother, <laughs> she helped with that one. But yeah, we got a really lucky situation. And so that was probably the funnest thing I've done. I've gone a couple places. I just got back from New Orleans recently. That was probably a close favorite. Hawaii was really cool because we were staying really close to a lot of, you know, grocery stores and places to walk. So that it was really easy to get places. And we were just, you know, living on our own in an apartment for a week in Hawaii. It was, it was pretty cool. It's been so fun over the years to watch my little birthday partner grow. <laughs> remember when we went out the first time you know, you would have definitely probably been wearing pigtails. Uh, <laughs> you were what we used to call a little butt kisser because you were at that level <laughs> wanting to kiss people, but you just kiss people's butts. <laughs> uh, you know, now, now you're what, five, two and hardly <laughs> you can't talk too much about my growth i haven't grown much <laughs> no you know compared to that you've grown a lot <laughs> 
it's been fun to watch the transitions every every one of the years and so yeah there's always something new every year <laughs> yeah i mean in 2018 we actually did a makeup uh you know because we still had to go out and be birthday partners and go out to breakfast like we always do um we did that in like july um which was kind of weird in a way because it was like 110 degrees outside. I know it did not feel the same, but it was all, it was still fun nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, we did have a good time. And yeah. so, what do we want to do this time? Are we going to go to Annie's, or are we going to see if Golden Corral has a breakfast buffet, or what do we? Want? I'm super down for uh, for Annie's. Annie's was really good. I'm actually not even going anywhere tonight or tomorrow, so I'm all good to do tomorrow morning breakfast. Oh, okay. Well, we'll yeah. just plan on tomorrow then. Yeah, exactly. On the B day. No delays this year. <laughs> wow, that'll be so different because it's been I a couple know. of years since we've actually done anything on the day. I know, because the year before that, I was too busy exploring California. Yeah, and you're just so popular. Just, I know, for real. People <laughs> always want me everywhere. It's just so difficult. <laughs> so let's um, let's help people get a little more brilliant for 2019. What kind of, you know, you've been through some stuff that a lot of people never go through and you've come out the other side of it. Um, and I know that with that comes some wisdom. What, what kind of advice, wise words, suggestions for 2019, whatever you want to call it, would you give to people? Hmm. I, the big one that I focus on a lot lately has definitely changed my entire life. I definitely have struggled with depression and anxiety for most of my life since I was about, you know, a preteen. And so the biggest thing that's helped me get a grip on my life as crazy as is to just strictly stay positive, not even allow negativity into your space to do whatever you have to make peace for yourself. For me, that looked like letting go of all of my own negative thoughts. I had a lot of them. I definitely had the, you know, why me mentality when I first got diagnosed. But, you know, once I stepped back and looked at all the things I was blessed with because it may not seem like I was very lucky, but I got one of the most, um, the most positive subtype of AML I could have gotten. I got very lucky. I didn't need a bone marrow transplant. I got into remission very, very quickly and everything was, you know, all resolved within six months. That's crazy to me. And I attribute a lot of that to just staying positive. I believe energy grows where energy goes. Uh, I've definitely become one of those very, very, very optimistic people. And I personally think that it, you know, attributed to my quality of life, my, you know, I think when you focus on positivity, you become, you know, everything around you is positive. So if I had to give one piece of advice to people in 2019, it would be to stop allowing negativity to run your life, not to live in fear, and to just, you know, keep positive no matter what you're going through. Well, I tell mom all the time, but you know, because you and mom got on the coffee drives and I stay here and take pictures of mocha. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to make sure that you heard directly from me that I'm very, very proud of you, that I know what you went through was very difficult, but I see you and I see how hard you're working at being a grown up. I mean, I know it's not easy and I know it doesn't come instantaneously, but I see it. I see the work you're putting in and I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I definitely, it's hard coming up and, you know, start, especially because I feel like a lot of people, you know, a lot of my friends have taken it a lot slower than me. So I've jumped into, you know, paying rent and getting married and 
you know, dealing with my credit score and work and, you know, establishing work at home for myself because that's what I always wanted. And it definitely has been, I think I don't give myself enough credit for, you know, how quick I've gone and how much I've handled. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like I've always just been kind of coursed to go a little faster than others. So sometimes I, I just need to stop and look at where I'm at and appreciate that, you know, at least I'm here. There's always going to be someone ahead of you and behind you. So I'm definitely glad that it appears I've been, I've been doing a good job with that. <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you. And I'm blessed and honored to have you as my birthday partner. Same here, man. I'm so excited for our birthday. This year is going to be great for us. Yeah, it is. So um, how would people that want to have you help them manage their social media, how would they get in contact with you? Uh, my email is usually the best way or my Facebook. Uh, my Facebook is Maya Janae and my email is Miss Maya Janae, M-I-S-S-M-A-Y-A-J-O-N-A at Gmail. That is likely to change soon since I will be a Nichols, but for now, that is my email. <laughs> and Janae is spelled J-O-N-A for anybody. J-O-N-A, yeah. For all those people that are going to spell it wrong. <laughs> yep, for all those people who know that's not how you spell Janae. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you as my birthday partner, and I appreciate you helping me put together a special episode of the show today. Of course. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thanks so much for being with us on the show today, and we will have an amazing birthday. While people listen to this show, you and I can go out and party and have a birthday breakfast. Yes, sir. Partying like rock stars. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. It, isn't she great? She's so amazing. I love my little Maya. And uh, I'm glad that we got to be able to have a breakfast this morning together and that we're just really able to enjoy our time together. I hope you enjoyed some stories from Maya and I. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back for the conclusion of Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to we help youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back thank you so much for listening to thriving entrepreneur today as maya and i celebrated our birthday with you we really enjoyed getting to be able to share some of our times um, you know, the highs and the lows and some of Maya's life and her story and the things she's been through. I appreciate you listening in with us and I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for the time of your life that you invest 
in listening to us and in hoping that, you know, in some way we can help really just move you just a needle point shift towards uh, the best version of yourself. I really encourage you, embrace true humility. Take the time today to celebrate you, to be proud of yourself, to take pride in your accomplishments, to not put on airs where you have to be braggadocious about things, but just simply to be able to say, hey, you know what? I've done some things and I would love to be able to celebrate the good that I've done in the world. So often we spend so many times of our life, uh, you know, focused on the stuff that went wrong. And I really hope that you can take some time out today um, as I'm celebrating my birthday um, and celebrate you. Um, I, I, I always think of, at birthday time, I always think of, um, you know, Tolkien's concept of Hobbit's birthdays. Um, and at the beginning of the first of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it is uh, Bilbo's birthday. And the way that hobbits do their birthdays is that everybody comes to the party and all the guests get a gift. And, you know, I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. Imagine if you went to 20 birthday parties over the course of a year and you got 20 birthday gifts as opposed to having 20 people come to your birthday and getting 20 gifts all in one day. Um, I'd like to see, in 2019, I'd like to see us all embrace that. The concept of giving ourselves gifts throughout the whole year, celebrating our birthday, celebrating the days of our lives throughout all of the year. I mean, today is the day that we mark the, uh, the time that both Maya and I actually came into this world, came into... Um, out of the womb existence, um, you know, and really uh, celebrate that, uh, you know, that birth moment today. But I really want us all to really begin in 2019 to learn how to celebrate ourselves throughout every day, to find something good about yourself. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, rejoice while it's called today. And I think of Ernie Villanueva's statement where he says, you know, yesterday's a canceled check. Tomorrow's a promissory note. Today is the only legal tender that you have to spend. And I really think that we miss out a lot on that rejoicing while it's called today. Because we're so focused on where are we going tomorrow? What went wrong yesterday? That today goes by and we don't enjoy. We don't suck the marrow out of life today because of the exciting thing that's coming tomorrow, the horrible thing that happened yesterday. You see, there is good in all of our lives. Um, for some people, their good is the hour a day that they get to be outside because Mistakes of their past have, have literally imprisoned them, and they spend 23 hours a day inside of an 8x10 block, box, you know, and for an hour out of each day, they get to go out and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. A lot of times we live that kind of life ourselves, but we need to learn how to really be able to 
appreciate the sun. Appreciate that next breath. This breath that I'm taking right now. Because today is your day. Today is the only day you've got to spend. Tomorrow will have its own set of problems, its own set of joys, and I celebrate getting to those joys and those victories with you. But I also celebrate you today. Today on my birthday, today on Maya's birthday, today as we celebrate how incredible and amazing life is. You know, Maya went through some stuff this time last year that the days of her life were numbered and she wasn't sure whether or if there were going to be many more of them. And now that she's doing so well, we really have a constant and daily reminder to be able to rejoice with each day because that day is so special. It's so precious. And that's why you need to share yourself with the world, share your message with the world, because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And yes, the world does need you. There's nobody else that's ever been like you. Nobody else that ever will be like you. Nobody can tell your story. Nobody can sing your song. Don't let today go by with the sweetest music unsung. Let today be the day that your voice is heard. Maybe you're struggling with a cold. You know, some of you can say, hey, you know, I can tell Steve's struggling with a cold today. But that doesn't keep you from rejoicing. You can still sing because you're happy. You can sing because you're free. Remember, his eye is on the sparrow. And I know that he watches over you too. And today is your day to celebrate, to share, to share your message with the world, to take up the call of sharing who you are. If you're ready, you can always join us at Bestsellers Guild. We'd love to have you. Come over to bestsellersguild.com. Feel free to jump in with us and share your message with us as you share your message with the world. Because we want so much for you to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Kathy and I are here to help you thrive in your day-to-day -day life. We want to see you celebrate today. And then when tomorrow does come, you can celebrate that day too. Until next time, I hope you'll have a fabulous, great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because 
it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.